Coming up today on Complete Estate Planning, there is more and more situations since we are so connected where people often have assets that are not just nearby, but either out of state and also out of the country. It's a situation that's come up multiple times recently at the Rosenbauer Law Office. We decided, hey, let's actually talk about this a little bit today. How do you handle these assets that aren't nearby, that aren't local, that are out of state or out of the country? We'll do that today. It's coming up next. Do you know what will happen to your loved ones when something happens to you? If you don't know the answer or don't like the answer, then this is the show for you. Listen up as we teach you about protecting your family legacy through better estate planning. Our family is here to protect yours. So welcome to the Complete Estate Planning Podcast with attorney Nick Rosenbauer. And here's your host, Ben George. Welcome into Complete Estate Planning. Glad to have you on the show today. I am Ben George. He's Nick Rosenbauer, estate planning attorney and owner of the Rosenbauer Law Office. And Nick, you, you threw a little headline at me, a title here for the show that's uh, pulled straight from Star Wars. So obviously very catchy. So well done on that. Uh, but a very interesting uh, kind of spin on what we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. And first off, I I do want to, to set the record um, straight. I am a, I guess you could call me a Star Wars fan, uh, but I'm not the Star Wars geek who has every single book Every single DVD, you know, with all the special editions. Yeah. Um, actually, a, a friend of mine growing up had all the books. I mean, literally a whole bookshelf full of Star Wars books. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking 30 or 40 different books. Wow. Um, which was before um, the, you know, that was that was back when it was just the three original ones. And then I think like episode one, two, and three. So I don't know where all that came from. A lot of Pez dispensers too. So, you know, obviously I hung out with the cool kids, uh, myself <laughs> included. Um, so I do, I, I did, I did enjoy the star Wars, but um, I don't have any star. I'm not the guy who would dress up and stay out in the cold until midnight uh, to watch the right. show. Um, I guess like the, the first time it came into the theater and I actually haven't even seen out of the new ones, I've only saw the the first one, which was from a while ago, so I haven't seen the two most recent ones. So I would say like a mid-grade Star Wars fan. Would that be uh, an appropriate yeah. way to do it? Okay. But Ben, you're exactly right. We have uh, It's something I've been dealing with, uh, questions with a lot of people. And look, I think the days of, you know, everyone goes to school and then just gets a job and stays you know, in the same hometown where they grew up, where their parents grew up, where their grandparents grew up, like no mobility. Um, I I think a lot of that's over. Um, So I have a whole lot of people, oh, I moved here from a different state, Um, you know, or I moved uh, all the way from Northern Ohio down to Southern Ohio, or, you know, I've had a lot of clients, uh, interestingly enough, uh, who've moved uh, from other countries. Um, hmm. You know, I have some some from Canada, some from Europe, some from Asia, um, you know, some from South America. And I'll tell you what, Ben, it's really neat to listen uh, to some of these stories, you know, from people who've come oh, here that, from yeah. halfway across the world. So the history uh, geek in me, you know, absolutely loves it. But we're running into lots of situations. Hey, I have a cabin in the woods over here um maybe i or also people who came here say i've inherited from a parent of mine you know perhaps who is still over in germany or still over in india or you know still lives in canada or something like that so we're you know it's something we're dealing with a whole lot 
more now, you know, even than 10 years ago, much less 50 or 100 years ago. It just, it wasn't a thing. I also think, Ben, with COVID um, and a lot of these like digital or remote jobs, Mm -hmm. you know, people theoretically can live wherever the heck you want and we don't have to worry about where am I working and how close geographically I am. You know, they don't have to worry about a commute. So I think that's accelerated or at least emboldened some people, um, which is great, you know, which is, which is fantastic. Good for them. Um, So it's something that we've come across a lot in the last few years. So I just figured it was time we can, we can chat about it, you know, because I'm seeing a lot of the same or similar questions or concerns. That's interesting. There are a lot of Germans in Cincinnati, right? When you talked about people coming from out of state or out of the country and relatives aren't there quite a few germans in you bet uh, yeah absolutely um it's uh it was a place where um a lot of germans uh, came over uh in the 1900s yeah um you know heck there's some areas uh, here in cincinnati that are you know kind of have nicknames for them you know uh, like over the rhine right uh, is you know and things like that so a very large uh, german population uh here here as well um so that's uh, yeah around here it's a big thing our Oktoberfest is pretty big. Dayton Oktoberfest is really big. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because there are actually some people who can correctly pronounce my last name, uh, Rosenbauer. So that's always <laughs> impressive. <laughs> well, you know, my wife's from Cincinnati and she has some German heritage. So I've heard about that quite a few times um, from her as well. So my little piece of uh, Cincinnati and uh, little knowledge that I have. That yeah, carried with go. me everywhere. So, well, it should be a good show today. And, and again, I'm I'm glad that you're with us here on the podcast. You can find all of our podcasts online, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. It's also the best way to get in touch with Nick. If you want to schedule a call, there's a button right there on the front of the website. You can do that. Uh, but also, there's a lot of resources and tools there. But again, we've gone. This is episode number ninety, Nick. So we have we covered a lot of stuff, obviously. So if there's anything specific to the estate planning process, anything you have questions about, curious about. You'll probably find it going back through our feed. So we appreciate those of you who have reached out from the podcast as well and followed up with Nick or just reached out to say, hey, you listen or whatever. So we thank you for that. Well, Nick, let's dive into this. Um, I want to kind of sort through some of these things here and let's just begin out of state. We'll stay in country. We're not going to go international yet. We'll save that for the second half. So let's just talk through some of the assets then that people might have out of state. Well, so this obviously is way different uh, than a number of years ago, because there's a lot of things, honestly, just kind of how everything's interconnected, you know, because it used to be a number of years ago, the bank was just one branch. They were kind of individual, you know, units or individual businesses. Now, you know, we bank with Chase basically because there's an ATM on every corner. So, you know, do we have an Ohio bank? Probably not. You know, it just, it's mm-hmm. everywhere. Okay. So that's way different than Fort Thomas, Kentucky Bank and Trust, you know, like a little community bank that had one location and that was it. Uh, so a lot of these things are way different than they were 100 years ago. Um, but anyway, we'll start with items um, out of state, but within the, the U.S. Okay. So we're not talking about out of country. Uh, right. We'll hit that second because that's an entirely different scenario. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go through by asset or category because we have different rules uh, for different things here. So first off for real estate, real estate is usually the most tricky because 
I'm trying to think of the best way to put it, but it has the most ties or the most roots, if you will, to where it's physically located. Okay. okay. I can't tell you where my money in Chase Bank is located. Okay. It's not sitting there, you know, in a duffel bag, you know, in a specific branch, obviously. Uh, but the real estate, it is where it is. Um, so if you um, deal with a probate estate, then you'll actually have, you know, and you have a house that's out of state, you actually have to do another probate case. Okay, so it's known as an ancillary administration. It's like a second or a side probate that has to be brought in the county uh, that the property is located in. Okay, so if I live in Ohio and I go and purchase the home that I grew up in in Fort Thomas, Kentucky, and then I die and we have a probate up here in Ohio, they would have to open a second probate, you know, in Campbell County, Kentucky, you know, to deal with that uh, Fort Thomas house. Okay, so it's it's a bit hectic. It's not something that can be looped in, so to speak, with a different probate, um, but at least the, the law is very clear on it. Okay, so you have clarity. You're not going to like what it says, but at least we know what's going on. Um, the neat thing here, and this is uh, something that I always recommend to people in a situation where they have out-of-state real estate. Um, if you're using some sort of probate avoidance strategy, obviously the trust is going to be the most common and probably the most beneficial here. Then you can manage that without probate regardless of the state. And so if I set up a trust in Ohio, I can put a Kentucky house in there, an Indiana house, a Florida house. So you can add houses or real estate from anywhere in the country into a trust as long as it is an American trust. Okay, okay. so the, the so you can you can stuff everything into the trust as long as it's in America. Okay, so I can put my lake house in there eventually, right? Exactly right. You got it. Okay, perfect. All right, so real estate, the first one. So what's next um, that that gets affected by this? Well, it, kind of the other, you know, I guess the most, from the most formal to the most informal, your household goods, your personal effects, your stuff um, is what we'll call it. Um, usually that isn't paper trail tied anywhere. Like my golf clubs don't have a certificate of title, you know, or an Ohio registration. Right. Okay. So that's usually, you know, if there is a main estate or a main probate um, and there's no other real estate that is being handled in a different state, um, then a lot of times you just kind of lump it in, you know, with the, the main estate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and now, now typically the most common situation where you'll actually have stuff or household goods out of state, it's usually stored at another house you have. Yeah. Okay. So I don't have a, I'm not going to take uh, fishing gear and golf clubs and, you know, jet skis and, you know, toasters and things like that, where the heck would I put them if they're out of state? Typically, they're in another house. Um, So the other option would be if it's like, you know, if they're in a storage unit or if they're at someone else's place, uh, typically they can kind of just be roped in with the the main estate. Um, And obviously, if you're using a trust or something like that, um, that can handle it without probate. Um, And you will see, just as a precursor as we go down the list here, um, in almost every case, out-of-state assets of any kind can be protected or included in a trust, uh, no matter the state. Okay, so that you know that answer is going to be on repeat uh, setting up a trust. 
Gotcha. Okay. Uh, what about vehicles? Because then you talk about stuff that is actually registered in different states. This, I guess, it would fall in that category. Uh, exactly right. So this one is extremely state-specific. So I'm going to give you the it depends answer, which is super helpful. I can just feel <laughs> all of my listeners rolling their eyes here. Um, but you have two things you'll need to look at. Um, the state will have rule, you know, probate rules regarding the vehicles. Um, and then also, you know, the title agency or the BMV uh, will have rules about re-registering uh, vehicle titles. So if you have a truck, you know, that's got Kentucky plates and registered to, you know, it has a Kentucky title certificate, um, you have to find out, um, you know, you can open it in an Ohio probate here. Ohio doesn't care. But what you'll have to do is you'll have to make sure that the state where it is coming from, okay, so the, that if it's a Kentucky-plated truck, Ohio will let you put it on the probate, you, but you got to be really careful to see what Kentucky will do or at the very least what their rules are um, to have it retitled uh, with a Ohio title certificate, you know, to be retitled to the executor or something like that. So that one's really state specific. If it's in a trust, you know, I can trust, I, I can put any vehicle that has any state's, you know, license plate or registration in a trust, like I said before. So that's not a problem. Uh, the vehicles are pretty up in the air uh, if you're dealing with probate though. Okay. So we got the real estate, personal effects, vehicles. Uh, what about life insurance? Okay, so life insurance is a tricky one because, you know, a lot of times there's nothing there right now. Okay, so I have life insurance, but I don't have any money in my bank account. All it is is if I die, then, you know, MetLife's going to send someone a check. So a lot of times the state's irrelevant here. You just name the beneficiary if it's person, multiple people, the probate, trust, etc. Uh, there'll be a claim process and... All that really matters is after you're gone, whoever the beneficiaries are, they have to fill out the claim paperwork and fill in their information, you know, name, address, everything like that, and they send them a check. Okay, that can be done anywhere, and you don't really have to worry about it. So that, you know, that that, that takes care of itself. The only time, you know, the estate at all would matter is if maybe there's no beneficiary on the life insurance or not a named one, and then the life insurance proceeds are part of the probate estate, in which case you would just you would just add that money in with the rest of the probate assets. But other than that, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Let's finish up then with financial assets. I know this is a big part, but people can have different bank accounts, investments, or retirement accounts kind of spread out. Well, yeah, and this one, like I said before, um, first off, if it is you know, Fort Thomas Community Bank and Trust with one branch, it's a lot different than Chase, you know, Bank or, or Fidelity or something like that. Um, in most instances, you know, if we're going through probate and opening an estate, then those accounts, those assets can be probated in the main probate estate. Okay, so I can say, you know, my Kentucky Bank, you know, my my account at Bank of Kentucky. Um, in most instances, I can just throw that onto my Ohio probate estate if there's no other reason to do a Kentucky probate. Um, and then kind of similar to what I said with the life insurance, if we're not going through probate, so if the account is in a trust, 
the trust takes care of it. If there's a beneficiary designation or transfer on death, something like that, then again, it's on the beneficiary to provide the bank or Fidelity or whomever with the right information, and then they'll send them the money or set up the check um, or send them a check. So that's not, again, that's not something we're crossing uh, the bridge or, you know, going over the river between state lines is a problem, which is part of you thinks it's really, you know, it's really odd. Um, but at the same time, like, where is Chase Bank located? Right? Everywhere. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so it's a lot different than it was 100 years ago. So a lot of times, state lines are not border walls uh, when it comes to things like that. All right. So that's all the out of state, but in, in country. Again, if you have questions about any of these or anything might affect you, you can always reach out to Nick, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Schedule a call with Nick. There's a button right there on the front of the page. Hit that, and you'll be all ready to go. All right, let's run that back, then all those those five different categories and those assets. But let's focus on out-of-country. Okay, yeah, well, this gets uh, this gets a lot uh, uh, a lot more uh, nitty-gritty and can be a lot uh, tougher to deal with. Um, and I will sound like a broken record uh, on this piece as well. Um, real estate that's out of the country, that needs to be handled by you know, an estate plan or other equivalent arrangements, you know, governed by that country's laws. Same with the household goods, the stuff, the personal effects. Same with the vehicles. Um, so all of those, you know, if I have a condo, like a ski cabin in the, the Swiss Alps or something like that, and I have a car there and skis and Perhaps uh, I get uh, a bourbon collection. Obviously, wouldn't <laughs> rival yours, Ben. Um, but I get a nice uh, little collection there and some golf clubs. Then, you know, whatever country that cabin is in, their laws will govern. So I need to make arrangements that match up there. Now, moving on to the accounts and the insurance and the financial assets uh, for the life insurance. You know, whatever the beneficiary is, um, the claims can be made regardless. Uh, of the citizenship, either of the person who passed away or the beneficiaries. Okay, so if, you know, and, and we still have extended family, actually who still lives in Germany, so I could name a German relative of mine as a beneficiary on my life insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a problem. Um, the only thing you'll have to be careful about is international laws and or, you know, just kind of arrangements or treaties between the countries uh, may dictate any requirements, you know, taxes or restrictions, um, not so much on inheriting money, but moving money uh, from a different country. So, you know, MetLife doesn't care if I name a German uh, citizen as a beneficiary of my life insurance, um, but you want to check and see what Germany would require um, to get a to get a check uh, for a German citizen or the flip side, you know, if my German relative names me as a beneficiary, then, you know, see what the deal between America and Germany is, you know, basically about the money leaving the country and going to a different country. Okay. So that's something you want to be careful about. Um, And like the light, you know, the insurance, the bank accounts, investments, retirement accounts, very similar a lot of these institutions are international, so it's a little bit easier uh, than before. But again, I can name anyone, you know, to receive that, or I can name anyone as a beneficiary of my trust. 
Um, but we still need to make sure that if money is moving from the U.S. to Germany or vice versa, um, you know, what reporting do we need to make to each country and what taxes, if any, uh, you'll have to deal with. So it can yeah. move, um, and it, it all depends on the country. A lot of these countries, the big thing is they don't want money leaving. So, right. you know, like China does not want... Uh, someone, if you live in China and have a couple million dollars and a nice house and, you know, you know, some investments in China, they're not going to be happy if you pull all that out and go take it across the pond to the U.S. Because they lose a lot of revenue from income taxes, investment gains, you know, everything like that. Um, so it all has to do with what has to happen if you move the money that you get. Okay. Um, so... You know, always be aware of it, and those laws change, and the U.S. and Mexico probably have a much different deal than the U.S. and Russia have, you know, or right. something like that. So you want to be careful about all of that because sometimes you could do something that seems innocent and unknowingly, you know, anger one if not two, you know, two countries uh, at the same time yeah. uh, so you got to be careful about that but it's not saying you can't do it okay yeah there's a lot to think through with this stuff it, it's uh i know it's if you are in a position where you have assets kind of spread all over you're probably maybe a little used to this but still it seems like there's a lot that goes into it well yeah exactly and the problem is i don't have a better answer than it depends yeah um, because it, it's how well these two countries play nicely or not <laughs> with each yeah. other. Um, and look, you guys probably already assumed this, but if we have assets out of the country, you should always consult with an expert in estate, you know, and inheritance laws in the country the assets are located. Okay. Okay. There are countries, and I'll tell you what, Ben, one of the really interesting things that I get to do is when I talk to people and say, well, you know, this is crazy over in India or over in China or over in Korea or over in Pakistan or over in Germany, here's the way that inheritances work. I mean, there's countries, Ben, where there isn't really much of an estate plan to do. Hmm. It's just here's what happens when someone passes away, the money all goes to these people, and that's just law. You know, you don't really get to define or manage your inheritance at all. Um, and some people say, yeah, it's neat because I don't have to hire someone like you over there. I only have to go through the process here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but then the flip side is, yeah, I don't get to decide what happens with my money over there. Right. And they love the freedom. And I guess you call that a freedom of being able to say, when I'm gone, here's who I want to control my money, and here's who I want to take care of with it. Hmm. Again, all over the board. I, I've dealt with clients from all over the world. You want to talk to an expert, you know, basically the Chinese or Pakistani or Indian or German or Mexican or Canadian version of someone like me in that country. It is worth the conversation just to know what you can do, what you can't do. Wonder who the Canadian Nick Rosenbauer is. You got me thinking a little bit now. So <sighs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. But uh, somebody out that, there doing a podcast that gets uh, gets people from all over, 
all the ever, all the different provinces in Canada are reaching out to him to to get information like they do for you here in the states. But see, that would be neat because I like I'm kind of jealous because I like the snow. And for all those uh, people who have met me, I'm super pale, so I can do the sun, <laughs> but I don't want a lot of sun. Um, and also. So there's parts of Canada that are just kind of quiet and beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I guess maybe not as overtaken as much with, you know, I guess all the urbanization, so to speak. And I know I'm sounding like an old, Stay off you know, my like lawn. an old, right? yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, nature preservationist hippie here. Right. Um, you know, but at the same time, um, there's probably some very peaceful areas there. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, so to speak. It's nice and quiet, and I like snow. And around here in Ohio, Ben, everyone hates snow, and they all want to move to Florida or South Carolina. Uh, so when I say, oh, I love the snow, isn't it beautiful out? I get death stares uh, from people. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I should go up to Canada. Perhaps they'd be I, they'd be more accepting. Perhaps right. that's where I, I. Perhaps in another life, I'll, I'll you know I'll get to live up north. <laughs> uh, anything else on this, then, Nick, that you want to hit on before we wrap it up? No, I, th- I think that covers it. It's just, I, I know it's a little bit daunting and annoying. Um, obviously, anything out of the country, you got to be really careful about. Just that's the one sentence. And anything in country but out of state. It depends. Again, you want to talk to an expert. You want to talk to someone who knows what they're doing and knows how to deal with this. Um, and, and, you know, at least you're having the conversation about whether or not setting up a trust would help solve a lot of these problems for you about, hey, I have this, you know, here in the states, but it's three states over. Um, so I'm not trying to say that the trust is the be all and end all. But it is a real neutralizer because it can go across state lines without problems. Right. Okay. Very good. If you want to learn more or sit down and discuss your situation, go through some of your assets that you might have outside of your uh, your local region, I guess, uh, you can always reach out to Nick, CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. Phone number as well to reach the Rosenbauer Law Office is 513-463-6789. All right, Nick, we will uh, we'll catch up again soon. I know we got another good show coming up and uh, maybe an update coming up on soccer as well. Oh, yeah. How about is that that's you call that a teaser, I think, right? I think that's, that's the, a tease in the podcast business. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if you guys uh, hit the subscribe button and uh, on our next episode here, we'll have uh, we'll have an update. We've uh, we've got off to a roaring start. Uh, with uh, with Team Chickaletta, uh, three and four year old <laughs> soccer this fall, a roaring start. And you know what? We were unranked in the preseason. <laughs> a lot of new faces. The transfer portal hit us hard. No one gave us any respect. So stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. We will give you an update on that coming up next. So hit subscribe. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Complete Estate Planning for Nick Rosenbauer over at the Rosenbauer Law Office there in the greater Cincinnati area. I am Ben George. Have a good week. The Complete Estate Planning Podcast is brought to you by the Rosenbauer Law Office, based in Westchester, Ohio, and serving the entire Cincinnati area. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Complete Estate Planning with Nick Rosenbauer to find us or visit CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. 
to listen to past episodes, to contact Nick, and to learn more about protecting your family legacy. That's CincinnatiEstatePlan.com. This show is for informational purposes only and does not provide any legal advice. Information on this show may not constitute the most up-to-date legal information. Please do not act or refrain from acting based solely on anything you hear on this show. This show does not form any attorney-client relationship with the Rosenbauer Law Office, LLC. Please seek the counsel of a qualified attorney before addressing your own estate planning needs.